Okay, welcome to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I had an incredible chat with Ben Levitt, YouTuber with over 60,000 subscribers at the time of recording. He's a YouTuber, podcaster, and social media strategist. And we cover some amazing topics such as how he grew his YouTube channel from almost no subscribers to over 60,000 in the space of only a year and the strategies he used that you can easily copy when starting your own YouTube channel. We also talk about how much Ben actually makes in terms of income, breaking down how much he makes per month from YouTube and how he's managed to leave his job and work on it full time. And also a step-by-step guide on creating videos around trending topics, fueling massive growth for him and how you can do that too. And obviously a lot more. This was a bit of a longer episode because we cover so much valuable insights into starting a YouTube channel and Honestly, the way he engineers and reverse engineers kind of how to start a YouTube channel, it's really helpful for people that want to get into YouTube. So I highly recommend staying to the very end because he drops so much valuable insight for everyone, especially you aspiring YouTubers. So I don't want to take up more time. Without further ado, let's get on with the episode. All right. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Tina, I am good today, man. I'm excited to chop it up. I've been looking forward to this all day, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Mate, I'm so looking forward to this because... And I haven't said this to anyone, like any listeners before. I haven't said this before on the podcast. But so I started this podcast in lockdown, 33 episodes in now. But the whole kind of format and the whole sort of the reason why I started really was because you're very vocal on your YouTube channel. And the whole sort of, you know, instruction on how to start a podcast, I basically stole from your stole. I basically got from your videos. So it's really surreal for me to actually have you on the podcast now. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And that's exactly why I, I do this stuff, right? It's because there's people like yourself who who know that they have a gift or something to share and they just don't know how to get started. Once they do, they figure it all out. So that's that's awesome to hear that this was the, the first step. And I it'll be even uh, more awesome when you take this to the crazy places that you will to know that I had any small part in it is just an honor. Yeah, mate, it's already like, I really think starting this podcast was a huge sort of, like one of the best decisions of my life. And I, I genuinely mean that because it's opened so many cool doors for me already. And I'm only say, so I started in April. So I'm only a few months in, I'm less than a year in to this. Um, and it's already opened so many cool doors for me that I didn't really think would happen through a podcast. So so like, yeah, just thank you, basically. <laughs> of course, man, no. and. I love that you said that because I still advocate that I think every person on the planet really should have a podcast. And I think it's shifting that direction. And a lot of it has to do with something that I reference so frequently in my content is a piece from Gary Vee where he says it's the high school party analogy. So essentially, like if you're if you're not currently getting invited to parties, if you have a party, start inviting the kids that do have the parties, you're going to be invited from there on out. And then you've you've created your own invite. So that was really exactly why I started my show a few years ago. And I I think that there's so much value to be had, regardless of what your interests are, what you're trying to do. There's just so much value in this type of content. Yeah, mate, definitely. So why did you actually start your podcast? Like going back to that? I was always a kid growing up who was highly passionate, highly motivated, definitely pushed myself and then also had a good support group around me that was always pushing me to do more. So my whole focus growing up was uh, football. American football was my passion, my love, everything that I put my blood, sweat, and tears into. And then in addition to that, I was always the kid who was hustling things. I was always starting my own entrepreneurship projects. But that was definitely secondary because I think at that time, I wouldn't say entrepreneurship was deemed as cool as it is now. So it was almost weird that I was the kid flipping jerseys at my school or selling snapbacks. Like that wasn't 
as uh, celebrated as it is today. So I really put that on the back burner and my sole focus was football. And I actually went to university to play football here in Canada. And I went into a business program because I just viewed it as the closest alignment to what I was interested in outside of football. And you have to take something to actually go play university. So I went, uh, played the first year, had a laundry list of injuries, and my career only lasted one year within college. So then after that, I was kind of left forced to go to the drawing board. Uh, I now have had a series of concussions, a torn ACL, like you name it. So I was left quite, quite defeated. So I went back to the, yeah, it was absolute trash, man. I, don't get me started. I, I'm 24 years old and I feel about 80. So uh, I don't remember for a second because I think that without football, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. So although there are negative long lasting implications, the life that I have for myself wouldn't exist without football. And I'm, and I'm more than happy to admit that. So, but back to the root of the story here is I was left with nothing because uh, so much of my identity was rooted in football. And I think that's something that's almost every athlete falls victim to. They attach their whole sense of being purpose and belief within themselves to something that's fleeting. It doesn't matter what sport you play. Tomorrow might be your last time you ever play that sport. So it's very dangerous to attach so much of yourself to that. So I was left at the absolute bottom and I went back to, I, I took the time to self-assess and think back historically, what other stuff brought me similar things, similar things of joy to playing football. And that was the entrepreneurship stuff. Back when I was hustling, creating little brands and businesses, that stuff got me fired up. So I looked around at my friend group and this is no disrespect to them. They're all great guys, but they just didn't align with where I wanted to be at the time for the majority of them. So I'm not one who says you need to cut off your friends. I'm a big believer in expanding your network and your friend base. And it doesn't have to be fixed to your area code. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, there's nobody like this within my school or within the vicinity of my that doesn't matter. There's this magical thing called the internet you might have heard of where you can speak exactly like we're doing right now, one-to-one -one, and create great relationships. Some of my best friends, I've seen them in person maybe once or twice or not at all because of this incredible tool that we have. So I looked around and I said, okay, I want to be around these people like Gary Vee and Seth Go and all these big people I looked up to, other entrepreneurs, et cetera. But I was like, how do I get there? And that's when the podcast came into play. That was my party. That was my way to learn, have a place, have a thing, become a guy for something. And that's where it started from, the podcast. So there was an entrepreneurship podcast. You just wanted to meet these people. It was a networking thing just to, yeah, meet people in a similar sort of mindset to you. A hundred percent. I knew that I had a lot of ambition and drive, but at the given point, I had nothing to offer of value to the people that I wanted to learn from. So by potentially essentially trying to create my own asset or my own value add opportunity. That was the podcast and the easiest or the most approachable one that I could see approaching this as a quote unquote, nobody, right? Like why else would they reply to me? And this is the perfect selling or sales pitch that I give to anybody who's on the fence about a podcast. If you're looking to learn from people, if you just send a hundred DMs saying, can we hop on a call? Can I pick your brain for an hour? And they don't know you. I'd be hard pressed to believe that more than five will say yes. But if that hundred messages turns into, can I have you on my podcast? That's substantially less weird. Your conversion rate is going to go up dramatically because you have some sort of value. There's an opportunity for people to talk about themselves, which people naturally love, but it also lives on forever in content on the podcast platforms that really changes the entire dynamic and dramatically improves the amount of people that will say yes. So that's, 
in a nutshell why I started a podcast. That's exactly why I started one as well. And I, I we talked about this in the last episode, actually, weirdly. Um, but it's, it's the exact reason why I've started one. And it's expanded my sort of circle massively with people, yeah, across the world. Some incredibly, you know, driven people that I, I get very much inspired by. I've had opportunities to interview entrepreneurs who have been on TV and, you know, like The Apprentice. And those sort of people don't actually inspire me. And so, yeah, like those sort of people probably bring more publicity, but it's all about, for me, talking with people who inspire me deeply. And it's just, yeah, widening that circle. That's So that's exactly it. That's why I started my one. Yeah, no, I think that if you think back to your life, whoever you are, however old you are, some of your deepest moments that had the biggest impact on you, they happened during a conversation. And I'm sure if you really took some time digging into the archives of your brain, you'll, you'll think about certain things. And it's because it made you feel. We are emotional beings and you remember far more vividly when there is that emotional tie. And conversation is the stimulus for that. That's what actually creates that emotion. So you can have crazy life-changing education pieces, uh, deep levels of connection through conversation that doesn't exist anywhere else. We are humans because of our ability to communicate. And this is leveraging that at scale because of social media, podcasting, and the internet. So if there's just so much value here. If, if you don't have a podcast, then then start. Uh, just because it's it's been life-changing for me. And obviously, it sounds like it's been the same for you. I'm on an earlier path, but I think, yeah, definitely more things to come for sure. But so there's something that you mentioned that I thought was really cool. And I think, well, I don't even know if you thought about it when you said it, but you said you you described your podcast as an asset now, a lot of people, when they ask me, you know, oh, I want to start a podcast, but I lack the time and, you know, it'll be it'll be a big burden on me and stuff like this. So they see it very much, you know, they might not think about it like this, but they see it as like a liability. So why is it an asset in your eyes? It's an asset in my eyes as well, but I'm, I'm interested to get your take on that. Yeah, I think it's an asset from many, many points of view. One, it, it creates an identity for you that is an extension of yourself and an opportunity for you to really get to the core of what you uniquely provide. Uh, it can get you in the door in so many different ways, much like what I just had said is when you reach out to someone, if you can say you have a podcast, so instantly some some degree of authority comes with that. It's this weird phenomenon that we have. Like it's the same with YouTube. If, if somebody makes a YouTube video and you're watching behind the screen, the majority of people watching will do so looking on thinking that that's some sort of authority figure, even though they could be an absolute novice. So I think that that's really, really powerful. Plus the conversations you have to look on, even internally, forever once it's posted there plus it, i think it's an asset because it can grow with you it's something that doesn't go away so it's you're just building a catalog and you're opening more doors for yourself with each and every episode like you said your network is expanding and you don't know which conversation or which connection could lead to a life-changing experience for you whether it be professionally personally whatever but if you're not having these conversations and you're not growing on a consistent basis in your network and otherwise then you're doing yourself a disservice. So that approach of viewing it as an asset is going to make you far more invested. It's gonna deliver a higher quality product, a higher quality conversation. And you'll quickly see if you approach it with that kind of mindset, how much of an asset it really is because of how it helps in perpetuity from all the elements of your life. So it's, in my opinion, it's unquestionably an asset. Mm, yeah, 100%, I definitely agree with you. And you, you like this is your specialty this is your field you you specialize in creating digital you know video like just content assets for yourself and so 
I'd love to sort of explore like, so did the podcast come first and then the YouTube channel? Or was it at the same time? So <laughs> I'd say, so the YouTube channel technically came first, but I started YouTube at that same time where I was- I really mean like when you were serious, like double down on YouTube, this is what I want to do. Yeah, so the podcast was, I guess then the podcast would be first. So because the, the video that, but they're so interconnected because my first viral video was me sharing my experience about podcasting. So the YouTube credibility that I have now that is the vast majority of my business doesn't exist if not for the podcast. So that's exactly what I'm referring to of it's an asset because right there, that's an opportunity that I wouldn't have had to go viral on YouTube had I not had that ammunition of that video to create. So technically the YouTube channel was first, the uh, podcast was the first like very committed thing. And then the extension of that, then the YouTube became and, and it's grown far bigger than even the podcast, but they're so interconnected. Okay, cool. So which one have you seen? Like, which one's your favorite out of all of them? Or is it just, <laughs> do you just not pick between the two? Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit like picking between your your two favorite children or picking your favorite kid as the cliche goes. But I'd say probably the YouTube channel. It's difficult to pick. But if I had to say personally, it's probably the YouTube channel because I know that video is even a greater emphasized portion of or degree of connection versus just audio. But I would say, so that's so an external lens on that in terms of how it helps other people. I'd say probably YouTube because it reaches such a wider audience. But internally, I'd say I get more personally from the podcast because of getting to speak to people like you on a consistent basis. And the energy that I leave without that transfers, or sorry, leave from that transfers over into everything that I do. And it's almost like a recharge of the battery. If I'm ever feeling crappy a day in a day and I have a podcast scheduled and I get to go on and actually have that call I leave so rejuvenated and fired up to do all that I do so they definitely serve their own roles but if I had to pick one it'd probably be the YouTube at this given point but that could change a year from now who knows that's really interesting and you've seen massive growth within the part like within the past what was it a year you said before we start recording or like a year and a half or whatever between both the, the the YouTube and the podcasting game, how have you kind of reverse engineered the the growth of those two channels? Actually, I don't know if it would be complex talking about both of them at the same time. So how about we just work on like one at a time? Yeah, for sure. Which one do you want me to start with? Mate, take your pick. Surprise us. <laughs> I'll start with YouTube because I think that, um, although I was talking about podcasting, it's the function of YouTube that allowed me to have the success that I do. And it's a main integral part of my business that I help all my clients with because YouTube is just such a massive tool as we were talking about before we started recording. So YouTube is unlike any other platform for a few different reasons. First of all, it's a search engine, meaning that it is operated to put the right content in front of the right people through its core, through its engineering, the code that's behind it. So that means that you can leverage it if you learn how it works. And that's where I became a massive nerd even before I started posting on YouTube, just becoming obsessed with how the computer end of YouTube functions. Then where you come into real levels of success is having a deep level of competency in that side of the, of the business, that is YouTube, and then combining it with the psychology of the human side of it. Because at the end of the day, a human is clicking the video, a human is consuming the video. But a lot of people don't understand the gatekeeper is the computer behind it. So if you don't learn how to communicate to both, you're not gonna find high levels of success. So that's one thing that I, I truly, truly am passionate about when it comes to YouTube because of that search engine functionality. And then an extension of that is because it only wants to put the best content in front of the people who are the most interested. If you make a great piece of content, the lifespan of that 
could be potentially years. It could potentially be even a decade. And that's not even the slightest bit of an exaggeration. I have videos on my channel from like a year and a half, two years ago that are still bringing me in thousands of views a month and subscribers because I did things the right way once where that's not possible on any other platform. So that in a nutshell would be why I love YouTube so much and the really macro top level view of how to best leverage it. That is mad. So you've got some videos. I I know this probably sounds like I don't know what YouTube is, but just to hone down on that point. So you've got videos out there that you put out, say, six months ago that are still getting like how many views? Like pretty much a week, a month or whatever. So for context, I made a video about this, uh, about this time last year about my hashtag research guide for uh, Instagram. And that is still bringing in about 1300 views every 48 hours. That is mad. Well, and then obviously the income comes from, comes with that as well. Okay, it's just one thing that I have to people struggle with because when I explain how I make money and how much money I make, they they get lost very quickly because you have to kind of you have to follow the traffic path, which is, is how I like to explain it. So that video is incredibly lucrative for me, and not from the conventional sense that a lot of people would think. When people hear that that video's got that many views, they're thinking, "Oh, you're getting paid a lot from YouTube." That's okay. It's not great money even a channel of my size, I'm only bringing in about $1,600, $1,700 a month from AdSense, meaning directly from YouTube paying me. That's great. That's, that's, that's money that comes in that is additional money. So I'm very happy for it. But the huge benefit of that particular video being so successful is that I'm also uh, slightly promoting an affiliate offer in that video. So that video to date has like 320,000 views. And that is 320,000 people that potentially were exposed to my affiliate offer. The affiliate offer is for a service that I highly recommend and use consistently that also pays monthly recurring commissions on anybody that I refer. So for context, that video to date has probably made me accumulatively like twenty to $30,000 and makes me an additional $3,000, if not more, every single month. So that's what I'm talking about, like the long-term lifespan of uh, income, views, audience, all that stuff is so possible on YouTube. What I'm really interested in is because I hear the whole thing of, oh, I really want to start a YouTube channel. I want to focus more on the YouTube side of things, if that's okay. Just because we've covered we've covered podcasts so many times, obviously on this podcast before, and we talked about it a bit, a bit you know, before. But just honing down on YouTube, when you first got into it, obviously it didn't grow that fast. But what what was the switch? What What was the like change that made it go from like zero to 100 yeah so i'd say i'm uh, in the lucky side of it kind of did go grow pretty fast and that's because the content that i was making at the beginning was about um about my acl injury so that was really the push that got me started into youtube so if you go back the videos are still on there i like to keep my old videos on there i actually started out making videos about my ACL and then also fitness style videos that's the niche that i started out in because i was just pretty passionate about that and saw a lot of other people creating content about that and being very successful. But I quickly realized that I wasn't a 10 out of 10 in fitness, so I, I shifted paths from there. But I got a ton of views very quickly and started making money very quickly because I identified, as from my personal experience, there was a major lack uh, of supply for the videos of ACL videos. And, and so there was a demand for it, but not a supply serving that demand. So I made these videos and they were nothing special. They were nothing amazing at all. And they have, some of them have hundreds of thousands of views or over a hundred thousand views. And they were getting tens of thousands of views within months of me posting them. And that had everything to do with me investing so much time learning into, uh, into learning how YouTube functioned. And then two, essentially swimming in a blue ocean rather than blood infested waters by creating content that was in demand, but underserved in terms of supply. 
So I, I quickly found success that way. And I'd say I was probably spoiled with how quickly I started getting views and whatnot. So I definitely got complacent and then let them kind of die off a bit. But then with time and refocusing, then that kind of shifted my niche. And I'd say this is probably the most important lesson I can teach you when it comes to YouTube. If you take nothing else, uh, and if, especially if you struggle with the analytical side of, uh, or the technical side of YouTube, this is what I'd want you to take away from this. Major inflection points within my channel came from being a very nimble creator. So when I say being nimble, it means I was able to make a video like that if I need to. I could make a video, turn on the camera, make a video happen, have it posted that very night. And because I was able to do that, that's my unique advantage against the bigger people within my niche and would be in yours as well. Because likely the bigger you get, the more hurdles there are to jump through or the more steps there are in the creation process. They're far less nimble. So my ability as a YouTuber who's small and is very nimble is I can create right away, get it out there while it's still hot. So I rode trends the second that they happened. And keep in mind, I had a full-time job after I graduated. And so when I'd come home, something big would happen with Instagram. I'd be tired as hell. It'd be like 11 p.m., but something had just happened. And I knew the importance of being fast and being nimble. So I would then make that video and publish it that very night. And then numerous times I would wake up to tens of thousands of views in a 24-hour span and then thousands of subscribers. And then it was stacking those consistent small wins, or in some people's eyes, those would be massive wins, but I had a bigger picture in mind. So those small wins, they compound. You get more authority. And YouTube is a highly authority-driven platform. So the more of the authority that and trust that you can build within YouTube, everything becomes easier moving forward. That is crazy. That's really crazy. Like the whole thing, that's why I wanted, to, wanted you to, to come on because I know there's a lot of big YouTubers out there, of course, but a lot of them don't talk about the reverse engineering of like being able to ride the trends or, you know, they might have made videos and then got lucky. Or, I don't know. With you, it seems like a very, you sought out to do this and you did it. You see what I mean? And that's why I really wanted to have you on because that, that's really that's really valuable. Yeah, and I think that, that you, you hit the nail right on the head there. And that's kind of my whole MO is the fact that I'm not sitting here thinking that I'm any different than anybody listening to this. And, and I mean that entirely transparently. Anybody could be doing what I'm doing. The difference that, between me and everybody else who tried is I didn't stop trying. That's, that's the only difference between me and somebody else who started this and then failed. When it comes to social, if you keep trying, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, and I mean when, as long as you continue to try one, but also don't just get stuck running in a circle. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you can't expect different results. So what I mean by cons remaining consistent is consistently getting better. That's what a lot of people fail to do. They're like, oh, I'm making a video consistently. Okay, but are you getting better at making that video? Are you getting better at targeting that video? Are you getting better at identifying trends? Are you getting better at creating for YouTube? All of those things are really what I mean by remaining consistent and consistently getting better. Ben's talked a lot about his YouTube channel and how it's grown and it's grown absolutely, you know, on fire. It's grown so quickly. And so I wanted to talk to him about specific numbers to kind of visualize, you know, the growth and how it's actually happened. Growth in terms of, you know, the YouTube channel within the last year. So we talk about that now. Yeah, so again, there's gonna be major inflection points and that's why I say one video can change your entire life and your entire YouTube channel. And again, that's not a hyperbole whatsoever. That is 100% fact. So for context, at this time last year, we're in November, I was sitting at probably around six or 7,000 subscribers. And then right around this time, I made another one of those inflection point videos and I got another two, 3,000 subscribers. I then got featured on the US news and then 
Canada national news as well and got to speak at my school. And at that time, I think I only had like 11,000 subscribers. Fast forward to today, we are now at 56,000 subscribers and counting um, in November of this year. So that's just to show you how, how much it can snowball and the fact that once you get that authority and that consistent level of traffic and connection with your audience, how much it can snowball even far faster. What were those inflection point videos? Just so like, just I'm quite interested. YouTube is a game of riding trends. So what I would, what I deemed the inflection point videos was me being very quick on trends. And I actually posted an entire video about this on uh, my YouTube channel very recently, where I said the most important thing for small creators, because I would say this is absolutely true, is if you can be the first one to supply a video and it's high quality, YouTube doesn't care. Uh, to sh it will show your stuff to people that are in, that are looking for it because there's nothing else to show them and they want to show them something that fits that need, that search, that query, that keyword, whatever word you want to coin it. So if you can be the first one to make that video, you're going to get the traffic. Perfect example is another guy within my niche. He made a video about how Instagram allowed you to change the icon on your phone as a 10 year celebration of their the anniversary, whatever. So I, he made a video right away. His channel has about 20,000 subscribers at the time. The video got over 100,000 views in like a week's time and he gained thousands of subscribers from it. To prove a point, I made the video only three days later. My, my channel for context is more than double the size of his and my video only got 600 views. So that right there is the perfect example of being nimble and creating your inflection points by creating quickly and riding trends right when they happen, not waiting a second longer, getting on there, creating and being first. Wow, that's crazy interesting. So would you say that's the biggest sort of thing that's made, that's created the success is being able to ride those trends, create videos quickly, ride them as quickly as possible? So that's a major component of it. But it, YouTube is a balancing act between riding trends and then also creating evergreen content. So a lot of the stuff, like how you found me, my podcast content, that's not a trend. Like podcasting is a very consistent level of interest. And I purpose, purposely made that content to be evergreen. So what I mean by that is, how I put it together is leveraging the long-term content lifespan and the search engine functionality of YouTube. Because I did things the right way in a targeted fashion based off of the data that is available from other user behavior and what people are searching for, I then position my videos around that so I get found over and over and over again on a consistent basis, bringing in interested people into my world, which then can become customers, clients, etc. because of the positioning and targeting and my understanding of YouTube. So it's a mixture of evergreen videos and trending videos. Mate, this is very like, I like this a lot. This is really good. Yeah, man, this is what I talk about. Like, I'm a, like, like I said, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to social media. So this is the stuff I love. So it's, it is a mixture between the evergreen and the trending videos is what, you're, is what you're guessing at. That's really the ticket, absolutely. And when it comes to evergreen, the only way you can really create that kind of content is by understanding how YouTube works. So I think that, that you, you can put yourself in the 1% pretty easily when it comes to YouTube because 99% of people, one, they won't even, they probably won't even start. Then there's even less people, so there's a slightly less people that will start and then they'll stop within a week. And then there's even more that will keep going, but they don't take the time to learn how YouTube works. So if you keep going, you remain consistent and invest the time educating yourself on YouTube, you put yourself in the 1% and you will grow. I want to tap uh, tap on something that you that you mentioned like before we before we hit record. So actually you mentioned it uh, now as well. Talking about you you got a job straight out of university and you're obviously doing this on the side, but now you've got to a point where I see I assume that job's not around anymore and you're just doing this full time. So how did that whole process come about? I graduated from university 
and the thing is, so I started my business and my channel while I was still in school because I quickly saw that the corporate life and, and all that stuff wasn't for me. And to be frank, I stopped really caring about my academics about like my first or second year of school because I saw that it was not going to give me the life that I wanted to. And I'm not bashing on school here. I just could see that the ROI was not positive in, in terms of what I was paying versus what I was learning, especially in, in the field of marketing. So this, in a nutshell, anybody who has been to school understands that schools put a lot of upfront time and investment creating a curriculum that then teach it for the next five years. In the concept of marketing or digital marketing more specifically, if you're learning material that was, that was created even two years ago, it's obsolete already and you're totally wasting your time. So, and that's what I was finding for the majority of my classes. I was paying $1,000 to be in this class and learning stuff that was entirely outdated and paying a premium to do so. So I, start, I really stopped caring about university, to be frank, and instead started focusing on education externally from that through users like resources like YouTube, podcasts, et cetera, and literally just did enough to graduate from university to appease my parents because that was a big thing for them. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay in here for that. But then I started my, my business and the show and my channel while in school because if you're in any sort of generalist program, say business, which I was in, you have free time and, and you're, you saying that you don't is only lying to yourself because I was there and I, and I knew how much time I had. So if you don't take advantage of that time, you're putting yourself at a massive disservice because you could build the life that you want to walk out into if you start putting the work before everyone else's. So essentially I graduated school and I had school debt. And um, so my goal was to pay that all off with a full-time job, grow my external and passive income streams and the channel, all that stuff on the side in addition to the job. And then once I was making more money from my passive income streams and my business externally, I would then quit the job. That happened far faster than I even had thought. And then uh, luckily COVID came, not luckily, no, I'm not happy COVID is here, but it, it for the situation of my job is they actually had to lay me off, which saved me having to quit. So uh, that was essentially why I had a job and why I don't have a job anymore. And that was the the approach and the path that led to that. You've been pretty open on your YouTube about like how much money each sort of digital you know asset brings in. And I guess... Well, that's probably more than your job ever brought you in as well, right? Oh God, yeah, man. And that's the thing. And the awesome thing about this is because this is a scalable skill. So I essentially get a raise every single month because I have a skill that leverages systems. And no job that you're in is going to allow you to do that for the most case. I'm sure there's a few exceptions here, but the majority of them are going to be trading time for money. And I know it's a cliche that's thrown around all the time on social media, but if you really try to approach that and try to shift from value add instead of time trading, that's where you can really change your life pretty dramatically and change your outlook on money. I think so many people, even a lot of people in my immediate friend group, they they have such a strange convoluted way of looking at money and undervaluing themselves in that assessment where I'm very fortunate that I started looking beyond the curtain there and figuring out that we are so lucky to be born in this day and age. And there are so many systems that are out there that are created by people so smarter than me, but I can leverage and understand the basic concepts to actually benefit from them. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's very, very possible. Yeah, I mean, we were talking before, before we hit record about like, I was thinking about going to like video podcasting and you're like, mate, do it. Like you, you can make this your full-time job. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, so what does that actually look like for you? Like every month or every year or like, how does it look? So are you, are you asking what my day-to-day -day looks like? Or are you asking like income? Yeah, like because you've been pretty transparent about it on your YouTube. Yeah, so and the awesome thing about this stuff is that 
it, depending on what, what month you'll talk to me, the number will be different. Um, just because I'm very fortunate in the way that it grows. Cause a lot of the stuff just compounds and continues to grow. So it, it, realistically at this point, I'm not bringing in less than uh, 10 grand a month now beyond YouTube and, and my business. And that, that'd be, I would view that as not a successful month. Whereas, uh, within my job, I had a pretty good job. I was making about 60 grand a year, but for me to get a raise, like I had to fight and claw for like a 2% raise after the, the, the six month assessment or whatever it was. So to see how I get a far dramatic, far more dramatic than 2% raise every single month, because I'm leveraging systems and whatnot and doing things the right way. That was the eye opening thing. And again, saying 10 grand a month or whatever, like that's not, a, I, I don't view that as a ton of money. Uh, that's just my perspective because I, I look at other people who are making astronomically more than I am, but you don't even find out what's going on around you until you get your feet wet, start to learn. Right. So I only know that I'm making way less than the majority of my people that I look up to you and even some of my peers because I'm now in it. And I started to ask those questions and, and figure things out for myself. So yeah, it, that, in a nutshell, um, I'll, I'll make six figures, uh, at least, uh, this year and, Next year, I'll make over six figures passively, meaning so income that is entirely generated from no directly attached labor. You talked about it in very like a huge, a lot of depth on your YouTube. And it was for me, it was really, really inspiring. Like I, I looked at that and I was like, wow, like I guess you see a lot of this sort of stuff on YouTube about like how much people make. And I, I always kind of go into it with a like lens of skepticism. I always look at it and I'm like, no, they don't. Because a lot of people do lie about that sort of thing. But I did, I did trust what you were saying. <laughs> I still trust you now about what you're saying. And because the whole channel is very honest. Yeah, that's, I, well, I think you're exposing yourself to the masses. So if you start lying about things, there's going to be someone who, who knows more than you. So if you're lying about something, yeah. it's very likely yeah. you're going to get caught for that. And again, this, this, this does not, anything that I talk about with money, again, it does not come from a place of arrogance. And I, I, again, I still don't think that's a lot of money in, in any stretch of the imagination because I, I view what I want for myself and what I'm currently doing isn't even close to that. And I know that I'm capable of more. And I know that anybody listening to this is capable of exponentially more because of the time in which we're built. I am not um, going to say that I could be making this much money if the internet didn't exist. That's just simply not possible. Like my life would be dramatically different. I am incredibly fortunate to be born in this time, but I did invest a lot of time in leveraging this because I saw the opportunity and still do see the opportunity that it really is. Yeah, man. No, definitely. Like, I don't think anyone looks at it with a negative mindset or like he's bragging. And I don't think anyone actually gives a shit about that. It's just, yeah, for, for me, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're in like, they're in the, the positive boat. We're, we're all like inspired by it. So that's the, that's the, the train of thought that I have. You, you touched on something like your business as well, but what would like taking that away? So what does the YouTube and podcast look like in terms of like the, the income? Yeah. Okay. So, and one thing I would say about money is I think it's incredibly important to not attach your self-worth to how much money you make. So, and I think that's a skill that I acquired very early on. Um, that's self-worth separate from money. You want to walk into a situation as if you're already the amount of self-belief that you are the CEO. When you walk into your first job, you have to believe that you are as good as the CEO because if you don't, you'll never get to that place. So I think that's that was really important to note. And if you're talking about strictly YouTube and podcast income, you're looking at about six, $7,000 a month that's coming directly from that. And that grows, I'd say, at probably about a 10 to 15% increase per month over the past six, seven months. And then uh, the business is entirely separate of that. And uh, 
that it's a totally different figures there too. And the business is just like you helping clients, helping as a consultancy role, helping them basically leverage social media platforms, YouTube, all of that sort of stuff. Basically what we talked about on the podcast. Yeah, so consulting is part of it. Uh, so stuff like this would, like, would be considered like a consulting call kind of stuff. But the, the real money comes in terms of strategy uh, for clients, whether it be brands, businesses, personal brands in a ton of different capacities when it comes to social, whether it be paid social, so like paid traffic, Instagram, Facebook ads, all that good stuff. In addition to organic, that's where I really, uh, that's my core emphasis within the business. We have partners, uh, like other, other members of the team that are involved with the paid side more so, but I really specialize in the organic side. So we really help with your content strategy, your approach to creating an audience and nurturing it on social media. Ben, we're going to have to wrap up there because we've gone a bit over, but I absolutely loved having you on. As I said before, like you were a huge inspiration for me to actually start podcasting. And you actually, on the podcast right now, you've inspired me even more to carry on. So thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Of course, man. It was an honor to come on and uh, super excited to have the opportunity to speak with you today. So how can people stay in touch with what you're doing, stay in touch with just basically what, what your life entails, like going, going through to the future? Yeah, for sure. If you're a fan of podcasts, uh, my project, my podcast is called Project Passion. Essentially on there, I interview people who have built products, uh, businesses, whatever it may be, and lifestyles for themselves, leveraging the tools that we've discussed largely today and just built something out of the norm for themselves. So if you're interested in that and you're looking to be inspired on a consistent basis and learn, Project Passion is a great place to be. And then in addition to that, I would send you to my YouTube channel, which is just my first name, Ben, and then Levitt, L-E-A-V-I-T-T. A ton of wealth of knowledge on there in terms of Instagram and YouTube and podcasting, etc. And then on Instagram is probably the best way to connect with me one to one. I reply to every single DM. May not be the same day that you send the message, but you will get a response back. And I'm going to continue to do that as long as that's possible for me to do. So if you ever have a direct question that you want to let me know uh, or you'd like to get answered, send me a DM there. Uh, I will get back to you. The handle is Ben L E A V I T T underscore so ben levitt underscore over there and i also host a lot of lives there now on instagram too so it's a great way to to pick my brain if you have any questions thank you so much again for coming on and maybe we'll do a part two who knows <laughs> yeah, i'm up for it man let you let me know thank you so much for listening to this episode of the millennial entrepreneur thank you so much for listening to the very end of the podcast i know this is a bit of a longer podcast so i really appreciate that you've made it to the very end and if you did enjoy please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts with your name. And if you do, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode as a way of saying thank you. And of course, subscribe to Ben's YouTube channel. He drops some absolutely amazing YouTube videos. He's the big reason why I actually started a podcast. So massive thanks to him. And yeah, this has already been quite a long episode. So I'm gonna cut it off here. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.